Welcome to Myats in the Midst, a podcast about the lives of missionaries in Papua New Guinea, or PNG for short. My name is Jason. And I'm Laura. And I'm Taylor. So why don't we start with a little bit about ourselves? Like I said, my name is Jason. And let me start by saying I am not a missionary, uh, nor do I live in Papua New Guinea. I'm just a regular guy living in the U.S. with a regular guy job. Uh, however, I do have a couple of relevant interests. I like podcasts and have long wanted to create my own. Um, and I do have a couple of people in my life who are very special to me, who just so happen to be moving to PNG to work as missionaries. So speaking of, would the two of you care to introduce yourselves as well? Yeah. Hi, I'm Laura. I am a physician and my specialty is obstetrics and gynecology, which means that I deliver babies and I take care of women. And I am Taylor. I am a self-certified bird nerd, um, conservation biologist, environmental scientist, and we are missionaries with the Church of the Nazarene, serving at Kujip Nazarene Hospital in Papua New Guinea. Well, and I think the most important descriptor is that you're Laura's husband, right? That is definitely, yes, that, that is the, the most important, for sure. Yeah. Accurate. So. <laughs> so the reason the three of us got together to make this little thing is pretty simple. Um, admittedly, selfishly, I wanted a reason to make the two of you have to talk to me regularly. But, you know, in all seriousness, I, I was concerned that you might not get to communicate with everyone as often as you'd like, given how remote PNG is. So uh, this could be a way to help share your lives with relatives and friends who only get to see or hear from you a couple times a year. Um, and I think, you know, awareness of what it is that you're doing is powerful, too. Uh, there's some really wonderful things that you're up to, um, and they are completely funded by donations. And while we don't really need to spend much time talking about this, but I, I'd love to ask, are, are you charging for services out there? How, how do you even obtain the basic necessities like groceries, utilities, clothes, supplies, that sort of stuff while you're doing your missions work? So that is a great question. We are actually duly partnered with the Church of the Nazarene and with Samaritan's Purse. Samaritan's Purse has a two-year program for physicians and their families who are intending to pursue long-term medical missions work, but are just starting out. And they provide a small stipend for us and a support team to help with travel logistics and other similar support needs that we would have. This program with Samaritan's Purse is only for the first two years, though, and it only helps with about half of our expenses. So for the rest of our daily living expenses, like you mentioned, groceries, utilities, supplies, we are donor funded. I tell you what, why, why, don't, why don't we start with a bit of background? Um, uh, a lot of the people listening have probably heard uh, why the two of you became missionaries. I know you, I've heard your story several times. I've you know, lived right beside you uh, with a good chunk of your story. Um, but uh, you know, if they haven't, I certainly think we'll talk about that in an episode here soon. Can we can we take a moment to talk about what happens after that decision, after you decide to become missionaries? Um, in other words, you've decided to be a missionary. What's it take to get from that decision to having your feet on the ground in Papua New Guinea ready to serve? I'm not sure that we have the time in 16 podcasts to uh, to explain all of the the paperwork and the logistics of what has to happen. But, you know, we... We felt this call for a long time, and we finally made that decision. Yes, we want we want to do missions work. We want to go to Papua New Guinea. From there, um, you know, it starts by finding a sending agency, which for us was pretty simple. Um, we got in with Samaritan's Purse and the Church of the Nazarene. We're longtime Nazarenes, um, born and raised in the Church of the Nazarene, so um, that was kind of natural for us. 
after that, you go through some cross-cultural orientation and missions training, uh, just about living internationally, um, living abroad, um, everything from security and safety concerns to learning how to cope being away from um, family and some of the hard times. Um, and then, of course, keeping an open mind and an open perspective when you're in another culture because you don't know exactly where those people are coming from or um, you may not necessarily see things the same way that they see them just because of you come from a different part of the world. So we go through a number of those kinds of trainings and things, and, and we started submitting paperwork just to be able to travel. It was over a year ago. Laura had to submit for her medical license in Papua New Guinea. Um, you want to tell more about that? Yeah. So in October of 2019, that's when we submitted our first piece of the paperwork, which was my application for a Papua New Guinean medical license. And then COVID happened. So that delayed the granting of my license until almost a year later, which was August of 2020. And then the next piece was to obtain work permits for each of us. Taylor got his work permit the following month, or I guess two months later, maybe in October of 2020. And then mine wasn't granted until the end of November of last year. And then the last piece was visas for the both of us. And we received Taylor's at the end of January. And then mine was actually just granted on February 8th. So once we... Yeah. So once we had our permits and visas, the final step has now been to secure logistics of travel arrangements and actually obtain permission to enter the country by the Papua New Guinean government, which is kind of just a COVID precaution that they have in place. So I kind of actually want to dig into a couple of the things that you said, if you don't mind. First of all, you know, I know because I've been a part of y'all's lives for a bit. I, I don't think that you mentioned that you've actually been out there to visit a couple of times. And I think that kind of ties into, you know, one of the things that you said about learning the culture. Could you elaborate on that at all? Like how, how many times have you been out to visit and, and for how long? So I've been to Papua New Guinea specifically, Kujip and the hospital there. I've been there twice now. The first time I went was in the summer of 2011. I was in undergrad and went for a summer. So for about two and a half months, I went with some family friends. Um, actually, I also went with Taylor's sister and stayed with the primary surgeon there and his family. And then we both actually had the opportunity to go for a second time for me and a first time for Taylor in the summer of 2019, was it? 2019, yeah. And at that point, Laura was uh, over halfway through residency and we were looking ahead saying, what do we want to do with our lives? And we were, we had kind of uh, fallen on missions and wanted to do that. And uh, we figured we better get our, uh, get our feet wet and actually go over there and see see what it's like and see a place that we've wanted that I had wanted to go to for a long time and that Laura had wanted to return to. So, yeah, we were able to go in 2019. Did either of you um, ever visit any other countries when you were deciding where you wanted to to head? We did not go to any other countries with the perspective of this could be where we settle into um, a missionary calling. We have traveled abroad uh, many times. I've, I did intercultural studies in Brazil for four months when I was in college, and Laura's been to uh, a number of different countries as well. So um, we've, we've gotten around the world um, with some um, amazing opportunities, but that was the first time that we um, went with the, um, 
kind of the our sights set on on missions. Yeah, and it wasn't that we ever intended to solely pursue Papua New Guinea for missions work. It kind of was one of those things where God just opened the doors and we just kept going through them. I actually remember when I went the first time when I was in college, the surgeon that I stayed with and his family, he mentioned to me that they were in need of an OBGYN physician. And that was actually well before I ever even intended to be in that specialty as a physician. And then several times in the years after that, just seeing him and his family, he would periodically say to me, we still need an OBGYN in Kujip. And I always just assumed, well, that wouldn't be me because I, for whatever reason, just didn't think I'd end up back there. And yet here we are about nine years later now, and they still do not have a full-time OBGYN physician. So that's They do in, in what, seven days? Yeah. Well, once I get out of quarantine there, but yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so I, we can real briefly touch on this if you don't mind. One of the other things that you mentioned, you mentioned that there's some training that goes into, you know, adjusting to living life away from your family. So, so you all have had the occasion to meet several missionaries who are currently abroad in Papua New Guinea and, and it sounds like possibly other places. Um, how much is this a, an actual concern? How, you know, are, are people struggling with that? Well, I think it comes down to those moments in life where you just need you need to show up. You need to be present with with those that you love. And when you're halfway around the world, some of those some of those times um, they're just not possible. You know, I think about um, my young nieces who are having baby dedications or their first um, birthdays are coming up, and I, you know, I won't be able to participate in those things or um, extended family funerals or, um, you know, just those kind of things. I think that that's where where it kind of hits you. And and there, there's nothing that you can do to train to prepare for those things. They're just hard. Right. Those things are just yeah. it's just hard to not be able to do that. But um, in the midst of that, you you fall back on your call. Right. And you fall back on. We know that God brought us here for a reason. We know why we're here and what we're doing. And we don't question that. And even though this is hard, we know that this, this is our purpose and, and, and we're here. And, and the beauty of it is, at least in this day and age, is now we have video chats and email and ways to communicate with family that some of the missionaries didn't have 30, 40 years ago. It was, you know, snail mail that took three months to get there. Um, so, so we, you know, you're blessed to be able to participate in family events and things that way now. But yeah, it is, it is hard sometimes, but um, that's just, I guess, part of, uh, part of the territory. Um, you know, thinking about actually having to go through uh training um just to be able to adjust to life away that far away from family i don't i don't know why that didn't cross my mind but that's huge that's huge yeah and i think it i think it's worth noting that there's very few missionaries that can be good missionaries without the love and support of family and friends back home and and so when when we go to do missions halfway around the world it's not just a taylor laura thing or just the missionary thing there's a whole group of people and loved ones behind 
the missionaries that are um, supporting that, not only just by giving donations, but by by releasing their their family members to be able to go and and to serve God elsewhere in the world and to make an impact. And so I know that we couldn't do it unless we had, you know, the loving support of our family that we do. And that's um, that's an immense blessing, too. I like I like that phrasing releasing you to to go do this. Um, you know, my inherently I, I want to make some jokes about how we've locked our families up, but um, it really is true. I I think that that's a a, a really astute phrasing um, because we can give you all kinds of grief um, all day long about us leaving. We can be very selfish about it and tell you how much we don't want you to go, and all of it would be true. Um, but yeah, we got we got to release you to to fly off and and do what you're doing. So. That's a really good choice of words. Yeah, And I think in all of this thus far, we possibly have yet neglected to mention that you and I are siblings. Do we say that yet? (laughs) Sure. No, I don't think so. Uh Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that has been, from my perspective, that has been a big blessing of being able to go, has been the familial support we've received. You and my other siblings and mom have just supported us from the beginning of this decision and it has been an immense blessing yeah yeah uh we do really have uh, both i i mean and we have an amazing family and and so do so does taylor um even though we are you know in-law uh siblings or however it is that you call that uh brother-in-laws um i've had a chance to meet all of taylor's family and and they're all fantastic people too so yeah okay um all right well uh Let's let's uh, let's move on a little bit. Um, tell me, you are days away, right? You're you're on the cusp of flying out to Papua New Guinea. What is it that you are most nervous about? Yeah. So for me, I would say probably two things. One would be I'm nervous to struggle with becoming fluent in the language. That's its own battle that I think will just take time and practice and being immersed in it. And then secondly, I would have to say as a physician and as one who I just graduated my residency back in June of 2019, 2020. Yeah, 2020. So it's been, what is that? Seven, Seven eight months almost now. Um, I haven't really been working full time. I worked some shifts here and there at the hospital where I did my residency. But as far as full-time work, I have not been doing that since I graduated. So just getting back into the practice of medicine and not just that, but learning a new hospital, a new team of staff, and just the way medicine is practiced there, especially with more limited resources than what I'm used to here. All of that, I would say, is a little bit of what makes me nervous. Well, Hopefully it helps. You did you did get to do a little bit of it when you visited in the past, correct? Like you've met some of the people, you've done a little bit of practicing your your trade. Is that correct? Or? Yeah, yeah. So when I went there in 2019 uh, for my residency rotation and Taylor came for a period of that time, yes, I did get to participate in the hospital and get to know some of the staff and then the other physicians there. And I think that'll be a really great blessing going back with at least a little bit of familiarity for for the place and the people. I I heard that Taylor even helped with a procedure at one point. Yeah, you want to share about that, Taylor? Don't believe everything you hear. 
That is true. Okay. It was it was a minor procedure, but he certainly served an integral minor role. in your eyes. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I imagine that if I was in your position, it would be major as well. Yeah, it was uh, it was eye opening. Yeah, it was it was a uh, what we call a tubal ligation. It was a technically a, a minor procedure, and and it went well. And Taylor gleaned much understanding. So was he holding the scalpel? He didn't cut into anybody, did he? No, no we. Did. I didn't give him the knife. I, did, I didn't get That's the good. knife, but <laughs> I got the retractors, and then I got the staple gun at the end. So, all right. Well, being the only person in the in the family with without a medical background, I think that's enough information for me. <laughs> okay, there we'll we leave go. It at that. <laughs> um. So. So. Uh, all right, uh, Taylor. What are you nervous about? Oh, that's a good question. I've uh, racked my brain about that, and I'm not. I guess I'm not a nervous guy. Okay. Um, That's so true. (laughs) The Bible says, just cast your anxieties on the Lord for he cares for you. And there's not a whole lot that stresses me out. I know that there are some things that I'm going to miss and some things that I'm going to have to adjust to. One of those, you know, I said earlier, I'm a big nature guy. And here we have endless amounts of parks and public lands to go explore and bird watching and all of that. And Papua New Guinea is full of all kinds of wildlife and amazing um, landscapes and habitat but it's mostly privately owned so it's not like i can just drive down the road to the nearest park and and go bird watching no i I have to you know make friends with the landowners and so i'll be limited in where i can go at least until i'm there for a while and so i'll miss you know i'll miss that i think but i'm i'm very very excited about about being a part of the the missionary family on um, the mission station there. Um, so yeah. that'll be a, uh, a benefit that comes along with, um, that, that dynamic. So, yeah, well, and, and for those listening who might not know as well, it's certainly my experience that, um, uh, this is a real concern for, for you, Taylor, that you might go wandering off into some private lands at some point. <laughs> yeah, I did get a GPS watch for Christmas. So that, okay. So that, it kind of gives me a little bit more of an excuse to go wandering off so that I can just say, well, you can track me. So yeah. Yeah. But I don't think your GPS watch is necessarily going to change the fact that it's private land. No. And if I could add something, yeah, I think (laughs) to your point, the running joke in our family is whenever we go somewhere, whether it be a vacation or even just to a restaurant or something pre COVID times, of course, but um, whenever we go somewhere, everyone says, where's Taylor? And I think your favorite thing to say has become, he's just doing Taylor things. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know what they are. I just know that they're Taylor things. I, I, I'm speechless guys. It's okay. Listen, I rather it remain a mystery. Honestly, <laughs> there are so few things in life. I appreciate the fact that the Taylor things that you're off doing on a regular basis are a mystery to me. Yeah. All right, so you're not nervous, right? Well, Laura is, but Taylor, you're not nervous. She's enough what nervous is it for that... both of us. How about that? <laughs> I, and listen, I understand it runs in the blood. Um, <laughs> what is it that y'all are excited about? Well, kind of like what I've already said, one of the things that I'm most excited about is just the the um, the community there at at the mission station. So the hospitals there, there's a nursing school, the headquarters for the church, the Nazarene there. So it's a little compound, it's a little campus and there's staff housing all around. And I'm just really excited to be a part of that family and to have um, a group of friends that are 
just down the street, just across the road, just, you know, um, a short walk away where we can have dinner together. We can share in the joys and the sorrows of, um, of missions life. And I think that I will, I'll really thrive in that environment being able, cause I'm a very relational guy. So I, I just love to hang out with people and I think that that'll be fun. Yeah. Laura. Yeah. So I guess to go off of what Taylor said, just living life there. I think that there's a lot of aspects of it that I'm looking forward to specifically our apartment. For one, we feel a little spoiled because it's actually a a brand new apartment that we'll be living in that they just finished building. And it actually is just, if you could say, kind of across the street from the hospital. It's just within viewing distance of the maternity ward where I will potentially be many times in the middle of the night. So just the proximity of my work-life balance and the ability to come home for lunch easily and take walks in the station there with the warm weather and living life yeah. with the um, with the other missionaries I'm excited about. Taylor wants me to point out too, pineapples, <laughs> fresh pineapples. <laughs> um, we actually just submitted our grocery list uh, requests for groceries for quarantine to one of the other missionaries who's going to do some grocery shopping and stock our cupboards for us. And she sent us the list of options for fresh produce and papaya and pineapples were oh on my. there. And I'm pretty excited to incorporate Yeah, that, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. Um, I, I actually have a couple of, of quick things. Um, I am going to be curious to see uh, when we have this chat six months, a year down the road. I have to remember to ask you if you're still excited about the fact that your work is just a few steps away from where you live. Good point. <laughs> um, I think that might get old after a while. It could, but be. I can see some ways in which you know, if it's late at night or you can come home for lunch, like you said. But you might you might get a little sick of being that close to work. We'll see. That's very um, possible. Uh, but then also, um, you know, like I, what does a grocery store look like in Papua New Guinea? Is well, that a weird question? Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going off of memory from a year and a half ago, so we'll preface it by that. Um, but so fresh produce is abundant there. Um, roadside markets are very, you know, common. And so you can get all kinds of produce for a very good price. The grocery stores uh, for for canned goods and those kind of things, those things are actually a little bit uh, higher priced because all of those things have to be imported. I mean, the highlands of Papua New Guinea is hard to get to. You can only get there by plane. So importing all of that takes a lot of, uh, it takes a lot of resources. So um, grocery stores, I mean, from what we've seen, it's, there's, they're similar. They're not near as big as our Walmart super centers and Kroger's and things here, but, um, but they still have, uh, they still got grocery stores in, in the major cities. We will be about a 45 minute drive from the closest major grocery store because the hospital's um, out in a smaller town. So it'll it's a little bit harder to get to, but I guess you could say it's somewhat similar. Yeah. So one of the things that you know, one of the great memories that I have of of meeting up with y'all and and hanging out um, was going to open air markets. Um, I know that that's a, a favorite of the two of yours, and I was kind of I guess hoping that PNG would have more of those. Is that is that a thing or yeah? Is it yeah, not? There's plenty of those. Yeah. It absolutely it is one of our favorite things, and I think. We will be somewhere that has an abundance of fresh produce and essentially, yeah, like Taylor said, roadside markets. So, All right. So 
I, I guess more along those lines, um, if I can ask what, you know, you've already kind of touched on how warm it is. What's, is that, is that, what's the climate like year round? So uh, where we'll be is just a few degrees south of the equator. Um, so the, the climate is very similar. They don't really have four seasons. It's just kind of a wet season and a dry season, which I kind of like to say it's the wet season and a slightly less wet season. Um, <laughs> okay. But they call it the dry season. And uh, yeah, because the, in his version, the slightly less wet is you still get rain mostly every day. We'll actually be using oh. the rainwater for our water source. Okay. So, and it's 60 to 80 degrees uh, most, most of the year. So it's, there's, you know, like I said, there's not really a cold, cold season. It's an island, right? So there's, I mean, it's a big island, but it's an island. It will actually be a mile high. So it's kind of, it's, it's what you would imagine tropical, but it's high elevation tropics kind of, there's mountains all around and, um, but there's still tons of, tons of vibrant life. Okay. Around. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's not, it's easy to get lost in the fact that it feels like it's a world away. And so therefore there are a ton of different things, but you know, it's not like there's all of a sudden not a January, a February, a March, you know, you still have the calendar year, but do you actually, do, do the folks in Papua New Guinea partition it off in seasons as, as summer, winter, fall? Uh, or is it just like you said, wet, wet and slightly less wet? Is that it? That's a good question. As far as we understand, I don't believe so. But not having yet actually lived there full time, I don't know that either of us could fully speak to how they might partition what we would understand seasons to be. Yeah. I mean, they are Southern Hemisphere, though. So our summer would be their winter and vice versa. You know, I, <laughs> that maybe that's something that we ought to we ought to come back to because <laughs> I don't know, maybe nobody else will find it interesting, but I find it fascinating. So, okay. all right. Um, so what's OK? So given uh, that they're on the other side of, of the equator um, and half the world away, uh, what's the what's the time zone difference? So currently from Eastern Standard Time, which is where we are right now, it's about 15 hours difference. They're 15 hours ahead. They don't observe daylight savings time, so that can fluctuate. Is it what, 14 to 15 hours? So, yeah, right now it's 15 ahead. All right. Well, uh, let's let's talk about some of the other stuff that um, I guess might be might be relative to to Papua New Guinea that even I don't really know about. Um, what is it? Uh, we we've talked a little bit about markets and and your fresh fruit. Is there any sort of dishes that you think are are kind of common staples in in Papua New Guinea? Um, I guess when you think when I, I and when I was thinking about asking you all this, I was thinking about well, what would I call common in the U.S. You know, and it's easy to say things like pizza and burger and fries. You know, but we think about like uh, you know like uh, uh, dairy, meat, and uh, you know, grain. I, I I don't know. It, mm -hmm. Does does the diet look different out there? I guess is what I'm asking. Um, I think that's we'll have to answer that question more in depth once we get there because okay. Um, but our understanding of it is that there are a few stave, obviously lots of fresh fruit, right? So pineapples and papayas and, and those kinds bananas. of things, bananas, lots of bananas. Um, pork is common there. Um, sweet potatoes, those kind of things. As far as dishes and, and cuisine, I, I think that's one of the things we're really excited to discover, but I don't think we're very, very, um, well, well versed. Well in that. versed in that. Yeah, I will say though, as although I don't know that we can speak to the most common dishes, I do recall from the first time I was there, I had the opportunity to go to a wedding, 
and there was a celebratory feast like we would have here at a wedding. Um, but it was similar to any celebratory feast they would have for various reasons, not just for a wedding. And they call it a muumu. So I don't remember specific dishes, but I remember there was a hut where a lot of the food was cooked and there were banana leaves and the food was put out on banana leaves and it was some very delicious food. Um, I think the main, the main course, I suppose, was, uh, was pork, was pig. Okay. You know, it's, it's funny. I, when, when I heard you, you said it was called a muumuu. Is that correct? Yeah. M-U-M-U. Okay. Cause I think of what our grandmother used to call what she would wear at night as a muumuu. Do you recall that? <laughs> I do not recall that. But... You, don't, you don't remember? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. It was, it was like a long nightgown. Um, all, all three of you, my sisters all had muumuus that you wore when you were younger. Did we? I can't believe you don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, it's, it's it's funny how. Yeah, never mind. That was going to be a bad joke. Let's move on. It's fine. No, let's hear it. <laughs> no, no, I mean, no, I don't even remember. Okay, it. let's move on. All right. Okay, so um, let's let's talk about uh the language. How about that, uh, Laura? You mentioned earlier that the uh, well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it. What what is the what is the language commonly spoken in Papua New Guinea? Are there multiple languages? Yes, there are multiple languages. The common language is Pidgin English. There are actually somewhere around 850 different dialects, which I understand wow. Papua New Guinea to be one of the, if not the most um, spoken languages in the world for a country. But as far as a common language, Pidgin English is, is what we will be learning and mostly conversing with. Pigeon, pigeon like the bird. That's what you're saying, right? Pigeon spelled P-I-D-G-I-N. Okay. But pronounced like the bird then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So uh, what is it? When, once you guys get there, um, what is it? What is the first thing that you think that you want to do? Well, we're going to sit in our apartment for two weeks in a quarantine. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. So after that, uh, what is it that, what is, what's one of the first things that you want to do after you've gone through quarantine? Um, well, I suppose that, that the answer to that question might be different for each of us. Um, I'm just going to want to go bird watching, but I'll also probably want to hang out with, um, and meet some of our new, our new friends on the station. I think that, you know, relationships are one of the main reasons we're there and I want to begin meeting people and diving right in. I mean, I think you'd be surprised to hear that my ideas of what we might do after are pretty similar. And I would are say Are you going to go bird watching? Well, maybe not that part so much. That <laughs> okay. might be an incidental. I was going to say go on a walk around the station because I'm sure the weather will be most welcome, warm, sunny, hopefully sunny, but at least warm compared to the snow and cold we're currently having here in Ohio. Oh yeah. Yeah. As we, as we record this, um, there are inches of snow outside and they've canceled uh, my son's school for the next day. And yeah. Yeah. And ice. I think we were getting ice tonight too. Um, Good. But I was also going to say similar to what Taylor said, visit with our fellow missionary friends. They've actually arranged to host us in their homes for dinners. The first few nights that we come out of quarantine so i think that'll be wow that'll be fun yeah all right um 
Yeah, uh, you guys are going to miss the snow. I believe it. There's going to come a time when you're going to think that um, you do. You you really miss the snow. I already. Do you think it. that'll happen? Okay. I was gonna I was gonna pack up some and put it in my suitcase, but you know, <laughs> it doesn't travel well. It doesn't All travel right. very well. <laughs> I, I want. I wonder what customs would think of that too. Mm. A suitcase full of snow. Well, I assume that I assume that they think you're up to something, but maybe know, that's, that's just because I'm always they suspicious you, of you. They don't let you take water to a security checkpoint, but I wonder if they'd let you take snow. I'll have to test that there's, someday. There's one way to find out. Yeah, yeah there is. You go ahead and test that. <laughs> I think the line's too long. I wouldn't get to the. I wouldn't get through. Or the snow. <laughs> okay. The snow wouldn't make it. Anyways, we let's move on. <laughs> all right that's fine all right so uh one of the things that it is that i talked to you guys about that i want to kind of do going forward um is uh put a call out to listeners i i want to ask um if they have any questions you know and and whether it comes from friends family whomever um i'd love to set up an email address we can use um whatever email address is associated with with your website um, I, do you guys have one set up for that yet yes it's on the website Okay. Do you do you recall what it is that you want to mention it here? T Myatt at APNAS.org. Okay. That has nothing to do with the branding of Myatt's in the Mist, though, huh? Well, that's just the email address that we were given. <laughs> oh, okay. You were automatically assigned that. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, regardless, uh, send send emails that way. I may go through and set up one that's a little bit more official sounding, like Myatt's in the Mist at Gmail or something. Yeah. We'll figure that out. Okay. Um, <laughs> But in preparation, uh, since we didn't really have any of that ahead of time, this is episode one after all, I asked my seven-year-old son uh, if he had any questions for you. And he came up with, what kind of desserts are eaten in Papua New Guinea? Yeah. Does fruit count as dessert? Uh, not to him, no. Yeah, probably not oh. to him. <laughs> <laughs> that will not, you will not satisfy him with that answer, no. I, I was actually going to say that I'm looking forward to learning what desserts are common there i don't know that i kind of like the food question previously i don't know a ton of common dishes so i'm looking forward to learning that but i do have one distinct memory from the first time i went there in 2011 i believe it was and the um family that i was staying with um the host kathy she made something called pineapple stuffing and it was pretty much a sweet bread stuffing but i already mentioned the fresh pineapples are incredible so yeah it was just with the most fresh and delicious pineapples you could imagine and i got the recipe from her and i fully intend to make it even though my husband is gluten-free while we're there you can and you don't think you can make a gluten-free version of it um well, I think the gluten-free options in the grocery store are going to be pretty limited. I'll just eat the gluten version. No, that sounds horrible for both of you. Yeah, it does. <laughs> All right. Um, well, once you figure that out, um, I'd love to see that recipe too. Maybe that's even something that we could, um, you know, we could, uh, if we decide that food is something that people enjoy hearing about, maybe we could post a little bit of that on your website, part of your blog or something too. Yeah. Yeah, that would be neat. That'd be kind of cool. So if your friend doesn't mind sharing her recipe, I guess we should ask her permission for that first. But um, I, I'd love to see some of that stuff. Maybe one day we'll even open a PNG restaurant here in the States because I certainly haven't seen one of those. All right. We'll have to keep that in mind. 
Okay. Um, all right. So uh, I, I kind of want to, that's, that's, I've ran through the list of questions that it is that I have for y'all. Um, and I'd love to give you a moment to kind of um, go over any of the parting words that you might have. But first, um, I thought it might be nice to take a minute to remember, you know, the entire reason that y'all are going there in the first place. Sure. You know, Laura, you, you um, have studied to become a doctor for many years and, and Taylor, you just follow Laura wherever she goes. But, um, <laughs> you know, what was the driving, uh, what is the driving, we know the driving reason behind why you're going to Papua New Guinea. Uh, you guys, you guys want to talk about that for a moment? Well, you know, scripture tells us to um, labor strategically for the gospel. And at the end of the day, our medical knowledge and skills and talents and all of those things, they don't, they don't, they, sometimes they fall short. And we believe that we have been called to, to go to a place where our skills and, and talents can be used um, efficiently and be effective. And that's not to say that we don't have need for good doctors here in the United States, but over in Papua New Guinea, there, there are so few doctors um, for so many patients. And so the need for healthcare is immense and, and it's a, and it's opened crazy doors for the church to come in and um, not offer, not only offer physical healing, um, but offer the hope of heaven and the hope of Christ. And uh, we have felt called that uh, that is where we, we are to be. And that's, that's why we're going. Yeah. Spiritual healing. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I guess to supplement what Taylor said, he mentioned, you know, scripture tells us to labor strategically. I think he's referencing um, in the New Testament where Paul talks about guess you could probably say it better than I used to given that part, but um, how is it that you said it? Labor strategically? <laughs> no, but how is it said in the Bible? <laughs> it doesn't actually say labor strategically for the gospel. Oh, Romans 15. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're sitting here looking at each other like, I'm like, I'm just looking going? for Where him to clarify for? what's actually biblical. Romans, Y'all get there. 15, I believe in you. Romans 15 is Paul is he's a missionary, right? And he and he he goes he's goes on multiple missionary journeys. And he um, and in that passage, he talks about how even though he's been to um, many, many places, and established many, many churches where he could have settled down and had a fruitful ministry. Um, he had a specific gift to evangelize, to preach to those who had not heard. And that was his calling and that was his gift. And so even though. He could have settled down so many places. He still had plans to continue to go to, on these journeys and to continue to go to Spain until he ended up um, in Rome in prison. But, um, but you know, that, that his example just shows that we are called to use our gifts specifically um, and our burdens that the Lord has laid on our hearts um, specifically for him. So, yeah. All right. Um I, I, I asked you all ahead of time, um, if, if you don't mind, I, I think it'd be really nice to, to uh, read a little bit of scripture. Did you have something prepared that you wanted to, to read? Yeah, so I have a verse from Romans. It is a short and simple verse, but it has been something that I think is very applicable in this season of life that Taylor and I have found ourselves for the last six or seven months now. And it's chapter 12, verse 12, and it simply says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And we have had a lot of struggles with even just simply getting to Papua New Guinea, which we aren't there yet. So, so there's still, um, still some 
hoops to jump through and some obviously flights to catch. But just in general, the the paperwork and the process of us being able to get there to serve and work in the hospital and on the station there um, has been one that has tested our patients and our prayer. And we have found ourselves needing the prayer of our friends and family and being very blessed by it. So, yeah. All right. Um, no, I, I think that that's something that uh, no matter where any of us are, um, that's certainly something that we can give. Uh, we can certainly give you all some prayer. Um, and, and speaking of, um, did, would one of you uh, mind, if you don't mind me asking, would one of you mind saying a, a quick prayer for us? Yeah, absolutely. Father, we thank you for the story that you've given us to tell. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to tell that, um, be it to our neighbor, um, be it to a friend, a stranger, or um, to an audience on a podcast. We thank you that you've given each of us a story and that you've called us each to continually seek after you, um, to find your healing, and then to share it with others. We pray that you will um, humble us and continue to help us listen to your call and listen to who you would have us be in each and every moment of each and every day. And we thank you that we have the joy of your hope, no matter what the, the circumstance. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, so I think that about wraps it up for what I had for y'all today. Um, either of you have any parting words uh, before your, your big, big flight? Well, um, we still have to pack our bags. <laughs> well, the, the parting words is thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. And please keep them coming because we're not there yet. <laughs> and uh, there's still lots of, uh, of travel logistics to run through. And um, yeah, so we appreciate, we appreciate your prayer. And we'll uh, talk to you on the other side, I guess. Well, and you know, as much as, as all of this paperwork has, has seemed insurmountable, I think we all probably realize that the real work begins once you get there. Yeah, you did say that to me the other day, and I have thought about that many times. So it's exciting, it's daunting, but it's mostly exciting, and we're, we are we're ready for it. Well, and with everything that's happening, I think it's not a bad philosophy to just kind of take one step at a time, one day at a time, uh, however you want to say that, because uh, you guys have had a lot a lot of things to overcome over the last few months. I, I know. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so thanks you two. Um, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to put together and, and I certainly, certainly hope that it'll be fun for everybody listening. You know, I want to say that, you know, none of us on this podcast are really sure uh, yet how often we'll get to release new episodes. Um, I think as Taylor and Laura adjust to their new lives, we'll try to decide on something consistent, knowing full well that there could always be hiccups for any number of reasons. Uh, you know, technology can fail. It's a long distance away. The work that you're going to be doing is very important. There's a lot of things that could come up. Uh, but if you, if anybody listening hasn't seen their website yet, I would strongly encourage you go check out my, it's in the midst. Uh, that's M Y A T T S in the M I D S T my, it's in the midst.com. It's all one word. Uh, you can get some more info on, on Taylor and Laura there. And if you decide you want to be able to directly help them continue what they're doing, that's where you'll find more info. Um, now, Laura, I, I kind of want to wrap this up. Um, earlier, you mentioned um, 
you know, the, the common language there in, P, uh, in PNG, uh, you're learning it. And um, do you want to, do you, how, how would you feel about giving us a, a word to, that we could all learn along with you as we sign off? And maybe we'll even have you teach us a new word each time we get together. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how far your language progression comes at that point. Yeah. Uh, do you want to, do you want to try it, Taylor? Or you want me to? Oh, no, this is definitely all you. Um, yeah, so I think the parting word I picked for today would be one talk, which is uh, spelled W-A-N-T-O-K, and that means friend or relative. One talk. Yeah. One talk. One talk. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to learn this along with you, one word at a time. One word at a time. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, excellent. Thank you both so much. Um, everybody, make sure you keep an eye out for the next release of uh, Myths in the Midst, and uh, we'll talk to everybody again soon. Bye. Bye, everyone. Don't let your meat loaf. Uh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you want to run that one by me again? Don't let your meat loaf? Yeah, maybe you might want to trim that out at the end. Just a quick note to let everybody know that we did actually manage to secure midst at gmail.com. That's M-Y-A-T-T-S-I-N-T-H-E-M-I-D-S-T at G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M. midst at gmail.com. Send us your questions, any comments for the podcast. But remember, this is for the podcast only. For all things Laura and Taylor related, you'll still go to their website, www.myatsinthemidst.com. Thanks a lot, everyone. Hey, All Craig. right. How you doing? Hi, Craig. <laughs> okay. Um, so, are you guys? Are you guys all set? Is he? Is he called a voice bot? I don't know. He's recording Craig. That's his name. He look. He almost looks like he's got. No, that's a microphone. The did, little tiny snippet of him looks like he's got a pacifier or something. Did you name him Craig, or was that just fault name? The Craig's creators named him Craig. Oh, just like my creators named me Taylor. <laughs> okay, can we can we do this? <laughs> yeah, 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 sure, sure.